Welcome to Out of the Ether, Episode 8. I am still Tim Brick, and I am still your host for this amazing podcast. And this week is more than just the eighth episode. It's also part two of our conversation with Charlie Feldman. And Charlie's going to share his song with us called What a Life. And it's, uh, I have to say, it's a fantastic song. And not only that, it gave both my wife and I goosebumps uh, the first time we heard it. So I, it's a song that definitely hits an emotional level, and I think it's one of those songs that comes along every once in a while, and it's just got a universal message that everyone can relate to, and it resonates. And uh, hopefully when you get a chance to hear it here shortly, you'll feel the same way. And Charlie also talks uh, on a larger uh, macro level just about inspiration and the things and the moments and the situations in his life that inspired him to write songs. So we'll be back in a moment with more of Charlie Feldman. I just wrote a lyric. I got to say this to you. Yeah. And I, I was on the phone with somebody. No, actually, I was listening to this buddy of mine's music, and I got inspired. And uh, this song is called First Kiss, okay. if I write it. But I've got a lyric, and and it says, um, Easy on the eyes, generous with size, a blessing undisguised, a delicious potion, and I drank it first kiss with you was so heavenly and those behind it continue to be from january through december captured by your magic and i'll always remember our first kiss i love that that just flowed out it's very romantic and corny but i'm at that age you know where you, <laughs> you know romantic and corny age. i've always I'm related age too, to I relation think. relationship songs yeah. and me and you and mm -hmm. so i know for me um and it sounds a little bit, we've just been talking about, you know, Chase inspired you on Lucky Charm, and then uh, that just flowed out of you. I think it's probably similar for the, both of us and maybe for everybody that writes songs. I, my songs start all over the place. And what I mean by that is uh, I could be driving in the car, and all of a sudden I get a line or a couple lines, kind of like that, pop in my head. And, um, well, now the beauty of having an iPhone is I can quickly record it. You know, in the old days, you kept singing. If you got a melody yeah. or a hook, you just kept singing it until you got off the road somewhere. You could write it down, yeah. try and record yeah. it, you know. But um, the, the beauty of being a songwriter and being a musician, that's one of my healthy outlets for emotions. And I wrote a song called World Stop Turning. And that was more a concept of, man, I feel like the world stopped turning. That's what popped in my head. And that was last, like, March or April. Um, I didn't have any line. I didn't have any musical hook or anything. I just knew I had to write a song about what was going on in the world. And then it just kind of evolved from there. So, but my question to you, and then sometimes these start where I'm just playing guitar, kind of like the Lucky Charm. I'll just play some riff and go, ooh, that's really cool. I need to keep playing. I need to keep working with that. I, and I guess my question to you is, is there... Is there one way that maybe more that a song starts, or are you kind of like me? It could just be anything at any given moment sparks you, and you go, okay, this is something I want to pursue and write a song about. Um, all different ways. Sometimes, you know, I use my notes on the phone. Yeah. And sometimes I'll have word thoughts, and I'll jot them down, and then later I'll try to sit, whether the guitar or... A buddy, like a buddy said something to me, I probably shouldn't be giving away these titles because I was talking to this this guy that I like a lot and 
he said something in conversation and I just said, Oh my God, that's a country song. <laughs> and, uh, he said something about, Hey, if it don't make money, it don't make sense. And I, I wrote a song about a, a wealthy guy that's p trying to pick up young girls, you know, and he's, he's <laughs> saying, I got this and I got that. Yeah. I'm on a business trip, you know, doing these, you know, if it don't make money, it don't make sense. <laughs> you know, but, um, so that's one way it happens. You hear somebody yeah. say something. There have been times I've got, there's a buddy of mine that wrote a huge hit that was way before your time, but it still gets used and it's called, um, it was a big hit by Grand Funk Railway. She's some kind of wonderful. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Some kind of wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's yeah. the greatest guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't need a whole, whole lot, lot of money. money. You know, he wrote it. His name is John Ellison. Oh, wow. But, you know, I call him Willie John, and he's a beautiful guy. And he, we're, we're contemporaries in age, and we t he now he makes this great seasoning called Some Kind of Wonderful Seasoning. <laughs> and I, I use it all the time. Uh, and I he's love in, that. He's yeah. in grocery stores, and he's, he's had a good life, and... I'm sure it wasn't always good back in the 50s and 60s when he oh. was in. He was on a, he had the original hit of She's Some Kind of Wonderful uh, on Atlantic Records okay. back in the 60s. And, you know, because of all the, the, the civil rights issues going on back then, it wasn't so easy. But he's a beautiful man. But to, to the, it's a roundabout way to tell you, he and I have a song together. Because I was reading a, an article on the sports page of the New York Times about a a mother talking about her son, they need to be thankful because of his sports ability and his talent. And she said, "We stay prayed up." And I went prayed up. Oh, yeah, I never heard that term. Oh my God, that is an incredible phrase uh you know i'm and i call i talk to willie john periodically just to talk and say hello and i said willie john i got an idea for a song and and the you know i wrote down some words but they weren't fleshed out they were just yeah. the position of you know i'm so thankful i found you and you found me and and i'm staying prayed up and he went nuts over it and he wrote the song. Okay. And because of COVID, his studio and everything, he hadn't been able to finish the recording of it. But, but that's, you know, being aware, seeing word play and seeing things gives ideas. And, you know, I've never written a hit. So you're talking to somebody about a method that has not, I've had songs recorded by hit artists, but yeah. I've, and I've been, you know, I've been on the B side of a hit, but I've never back when there were A and B sides. But <laughs> and I've been in albums by, you know, Wilson Pickett has cut two of my songs, but I'm sort of downplaying my position here because I haven't written hits. There are plenty of songwriters that have written numerous hits. The way they write may be different than what I'm saying. But one thing I know about all these people they the the ones that are really winning the prize, they're writing probably every day, whether yeah. it works out or not. And I'm not. I'm I'm a hit and miss guy.
you know. Um, there's some days where I don't touch an instrument or write a lyric, but but it's always in my brain to, you know, it's just, I paint and I draw, so I'm a creative person. You know, I've posted some of my pictures on my Facebook page, and peop, really good people have commented and given me props, you know, which makes me feel good. I haven't posted any of my music yet, but I'm going to. Well, you need to post uh, Lucky Charm and then What a Life, the next track we're going to listen to. Can kind of continue on when I, when I called my wife out. So it was listen to Lucky Charm. I hadn't heard What a Life yet. Um, and so while she was sitting there, I said, okay, here's the other one that I got from Charlie for the show. And I click on that. And both her and I, after that song, and I want to share this with you, we both looked at each other and I said, I just got chills. And she goes, I did too. To me, that's like the highest compliment. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that sing well and play well, and, and there's a lot of good songs, and, and I can appreciate artistry. But when someone connects at that emotional level, and there was an honesty, I mean, obviously, my assumption when I listen to that song is, well, Charlie's basically sharing their travel calendar, you know, kind of as part of it, you know, <laughs> through uh, with the over the many years with him and his, and his wife and the places they've gone, the things that he's done. But there was something more, and maybe because I knew you'd recently retired, and I thought, okay, he's, he's kind of the stage where you're younger than my dad, by the way, but um, you know, <laughs> similar to you know that stage in life where you're being— He's 95, right, and I'm younger than <laughs> uh, he, he is younger than that. You know, my dad does listen to I'm podcasts. I'm teasing. So I knew, he's, like, <laughs> I knew he, he's probably in the decade of the 70s or maybe approaching 80 or something. Uh, he's, I think but, he, he's hitting about 82, 83 right now. Yep. Yep. Oh, He's man, that's like that. that's something to aspire to. That's a good age. But what I was going to say is, so what a life, like I said, I wanted to share with you. I, that hit both of us, not just me, me and my wife, at a very emotional level uh, when we heard that song. So uh, first of all, you'd be congratulated to be able to convey that. Not every artist can and not every song does. So I'm very happy that you share that song with us. But tell me a little bit about what a life. Like, when did you write it? Well, I can tell you it's, I'm, I maybe I'd need to ask Genesis, but I, I'm trying to remember if I wrote it before we moved in this house, and we've been in this house 16 years. Oh, okay. But it may have been right after we came to this house. I can't remember now, but it's been around a long time. You know, working at BMI, I put all this on the back burner because I worked for so many wonderful and talented great writers and I got paid well to give them support and and work for them and I was you know as an earlier guy when I was a publisher in Nashville I I was a bit conflicted because I wanted to write and I wanted to make a good living as a publisher but when I came here I was 40 years I turned 40 about three weeks after I moved to New York and I was ready to to help and work for other writers and meet the greatest writers in the world and it's been a joy to work at BMI for all these years and you know I, I was there 32 years and I I put all this on the back burner but I remember writing the song this sounds real melodramatic but it's the truth and what really made me cry was the the beginning of the chorus when you know when it says what a life what a show when it's time to go i'll face it yeah what a game fire and flame love still remains what a life and and you know it's a it's a celebration yeah of of 
being fortunate to feel that way about the life that I've lived. And hey, you know, the bridge, it says it hadn't always been so easy. Well, n no matter how much anybody in the world tries to make you think they've had an easy life, life's not easy for anybody at times. Right. There's bittersweet, there's beauty, there's wonderful, there's sad. We all experience some difficult things in our lives. The key is to keep moving and think positive because positive things happen from being positive. Sometimes you'll get lucky and something great will happen when you're negative, but <laughs> I, just, I just don't think it happens that often. But the point I'm trying to make is I remember, whether it was 16 years ago or 10 years ago, I remember after creating, creating that combination um, and saying that when it's time to go, I'll face it. Yeah. That kind of made me emotional, and I did tear up, and, and I, I felt it was something. You know, and Janice doesn't always, uh, she's very honest with me, and if something hits her like, nah, it's okay, yeah. she'll tell me, and I want her to. And I need that honesty, but I, I knew I could tell that, you know, she really got a lot out of this song. And that made, you know, we're all just human beings. And and I will tell you this, since I've retired, I have played that song for some of the greatest talents in the business. And every one of them is moved by the song. And uh, I mean, Tony Orlando, who may not mean anything Hang to on. you, but, no, I got but he's had... He's a wonderful guy, and he's still out working in his mid-70s. Okay. I mean, I, I went and saw him at, at one of the casinos, and there were 8,000 people, and he gave his heart out. He's also, COVID slowed him down, but he's got a Broadway musical that he, it's his biographical music called, musical, and it's called Rooftop Dreams. He's not in it. Okay. He's, he's got it fully financed. And he told me after he heard that song, he said, God, I want to put that in my musical. Oh, yeah. He loved the song. He told me he thought it was great. So, you Charlie, know? I got to share this with you. Um, you know, I asked you early on, like, what first inspired you to be a musician or what made you kind of head that direction into music. So there, there was a few events in my life, but one of them I remember vividly, Tony Orlando and Don. And I thought he was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I watched the show. I can't remember how old I was. I was not very old. I made my mom buy me. He used to have those shirts, and they had a lot of embroidery up around the shoulders. I made my mom go buy me one of those shirts. And I, I would watch him. And even though singing is not <laughs> something I do very well, but I remember watching him and at a minimum thought, I've got to, I've got to be able to perform. I've got to do what this guy does. Um, then later I, I, I heard Kiss and fell in love with Gene Simmons and playing the bass and thought that was even cooler. So I became a bass player. <laughs> but no, Tony Orlando was actually a huge influence on in my life. And please tell him thank you for me next time you see him. Um, he's a yeah. beautiful guy. He's, a, he's, a, he's full of love and, and, and he's a really special guy. And um, I, I, I never would have sent that to him while I was at BMI, but I just, yeah. now I'm free and I'm, I'm not desperate, but I would love for the right artist with longevity, if they like that song, I'd love to see them do it, you know? I think now we need to share Thank it with you. the audience so they can hear what we're talking about. So this is What a Life by Charlie Feldman.
I've been to Rome on New Year's Eve Strolled Nice along the sea Hot air balloon on holiday I've seen the lions and wild dogs And stood high above the fog Over San Francisco Bay What a life What a show When it's time to go I'll face it What a game Fire and flame Love still remains What a life From Rue St. Honoré To Destin Beach one sunny day There you were in front of me Two-piece baby blue When you laughed at what I said It went right to my head And I could not catch my breath over you What a life What a show Would you like to know the secret What a game Fire and flame All because you came What a life It hasn't always been so easy I've worked hard to find my way Now I'm thankful for the memories I wouldn't trade a single day What a life What a show When it's time to go I'll face it What a game Fire and flame Love will What a life What a life So Charlie one of the things when you were talking about when you wrote this song that struck me, um, because I just assumed this was a post-retirement song, you know, like kicking back, got some time in your hands, and wow, we've really had a good life. Or maybe you were planning your next trip, and you thought, oh, look at all these other trips we've taken. I'm really shocked to hear you wrote this 16 years ago. Um, and not that you hadn't lived a lot of life at that point, too, but I just, I guess in my mind, I had this 
this vision painted out of you kind of kicking back in New York on the on your porch. I don't know if you have a porch. <laughs> oh yeah, right, oh, yeah. right in the song. That's kind of how it struck me. But um, yeah, it's an amazing song. I, are you going to release it with you singing? Because I think I love your vocal on this song. Oh wow, thank you. I I've got. I'm, I wish I was more technically savvy. I have it as an MP3. Mm-hmm. I can probably change it to be an MP4 or a wave. But I'm not even sure how to get it out up on the a digital platform. But maybe later you and I can talk about that. Absolutely, it'd be fun to put it out there. Yeah, um, well, definitely. I think I'm lazy. Like I was talking, I'm one of these lazy. <laughs> Wait, well, you know, and I mentioned it at the beginning of it, like with this podcast, and it's been the same thing for me, like releasing songs. Uh, all this stuff, technology, like you get on, on some website and they give their little blurb and you go, well, that's simple. And then like three days later, I'm still working on it. And I'm, I work in technology when I'm not doing music, so I don't blame you one bit. And that concludes part two of our conversation with Charlie Feldman. In part three, Charlie uh, discusses a lot of the artists that he's had the pleasure to work with over the years, Rihanna, Holland Oates, Nile Rodgers, uh, just to name a few. And we get a very rare treat Uh, Charlie also shared with me a demo recording of another song of his, and we'll feature it in part three. So please come back and join us for part three of Out of the Ether and our conversation with Charlie Feldman. (laughs) ¶¶ 